going to be heading down the same road that we were on this morning. Spirit of God. God the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. And the reason is because without the Spirit of God, we're sunk. We don't have a prayer. No pun. We don't. We'll be like the Titanic. We're going to hit the iceberg and sink. We need the power of God. The Spirit of Righteousness. And to achieve this, listen, the Spirit of God demands righteousness. He demands it. Meaning you cannot sit through a service like this morning and, and one tonight and expect to be filled with the Spirit of God and be used with the dynamite and the dynamo of God and not have righteousness. You're kidding yourself. You might fake me out and fake yourself out, but you cannot fake God out. The giver of the Holy Spirit. He demands righteousness. He also demands accountability. God expects you to be accountable for your actions at church and certainly away from church. These are the things that the Spirit of God is going to do in us and through us. If you're wanting to be used, an instrument in God's great toolbox. If you want Him to reach in and say, man, that's a tool I can use. You must have that righteousness and that accountability according to the Word of God, not according to your thoughts in your measuring stick, but according to the plumb line of God in order for any of this to work. Okay, Acts 4.31 These are everyday occurrences in the people of God. They're not something inked down in history. Do you remember 59 years ago when God did this? Do you remember 92 years ago when God invaded here? Do you remember a 100 plus years ago when God came into Azusa Street? These are things that should be happening in our lives on a constant basis. Places should be shook with the power of saints that pray and seek Almighty God. Saints that get raptured up in prayer and get lost into the heavenlies, crying out to Almighty God. Not just coming and and kneeling at a place in quietness and submission, but really uh, being raptured up with the hunger and the drive to seek Almighty God, to have more of God, to have God show up like never before, to have God, to hear the voice of God. And this is what God wants to do, and this is what the opportunity that you and I have as we're here. Acts 4.31 tells us that a group of people Folks like me and and Daryl and Pat. Folks like you and I and James, Linda and Chris, PJ just got together. We're in love with this Lord and thought, you know, we need to pray. We need to get a hold of God. And we see as they came together in Acts. And when they had prayed, when they sought God and gave their heart to God, when they cried out, God says the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Spirit of God and the power of God. And they spake the Word of God with boldness. Boldness comes after the filling of the Spirit of Almighty God. A backbone comes, a courage comes when God fills you with His mighty presence. But the people of God have got to understand there's a, a, a part that you have, a coming together, breaking beyond the normal type that you're used to. 
and getting a hold of God no matter what. So that the place is shook with the power of God. And that word shake means to shake thoroughly. To shake completely. Or a measure filled by shaking its contents together. And this is what God wants to do through you and I. Use us to shake this world for the things of Almighty God. Shake it. Shake it like never before. Okay, this word shaken. It says, and the place was shaken where they were assembled together. That word shaken. To shake thoroughly, completely. We can see this word again being used in Acts 6.38. That word of Scripture, it says, Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. You know what that word shaken means. You fill up something and you want to try to get some more in it. You just kind of shake it a little bit. It settles down and it comes down and, and you can get more than what you thought. And this is what God is saying, that He wants to do this shaking, this shaking together. And Luke 11, 9, it says, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open. Sometimes I'm fearful that us, the church, we're in this coma. We hear these words and they're unmoving to us, unstirring as if we listen in disbelief or, or listen as if something is unattainable. This is not about you. This is about God and His power and how He can take a, a bag of dirt, a lump of clay, and shake it down and fill it with the power of Almighty God and use it amazing, amazingly, wonderfully, and powerfully to give Him glory and praise. This is what we're talking about. This is what I'm asking God, offering myself to God. God, if you can use anything, please use me, Lord. Use me, God. And this is where it starts. Being endued with power from on high. From God Almighty. Full gospel. Holy Ghost. Power of God. Speaking in tongues. Moving by the Spirit of God. Miracles and signs and wonders by God. And not being afraid of it. Luke 11.9 says, Ask, seek, knock, and it shall be open. For everyone that ask receiveth, and he that seeketh find. And to him that knocketh, Bible says, it shall be open. And you know the Scripture, and if a son shall ask bread of any of you, that is a father, will he give him a stone? You know this is us being evil. My grandchildren or my son, they come and ask something. I don't give them something completely opposite. I give them all that I have or that I can share. And God is saying, if you do that, just think what I will do for you. If you come seeking, asking, and knocking. You see, again, it is that, that stirring that we must have. Not just saying, well, if God wants me to have it, He'll give it to me. There is a, a step and a measure that you and I have. It's a seeking and an asking and a knocking. Insistent on God, God, come on, we don't have this still, Lord. Verse 13 wraps that whole uh, scripture up. If you then being evil, and we are, know how to give good gifts unto our children, and we do. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? The Spirit of God, of dynamite, dunamos, power, how much? He says that I will give to them that ask. 
You know the Scripture again in Matthew 3.11, one of my favorite Scriptures. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, John says. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm called to do. But he that come after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to even bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Holy Ghost and fire. This is what God wants to do with us. This is the door that God wants to open. If that we would just have the courage, blind faith, and step through it, trusting Almighty God. Again, it has nothing to do with you. God will do it all. You just step. <clears throat> Holy Ghost. I'm not sure. Sometimes what we think this is, you think it's a pigeon or a white bird or something. This is the third person of the triune God. This is the Holy Spirit, co-equal, co-eternal with the Father and the Son. This is God. God Almighty. The Holy Ghost. When was the last time that you sought God? When was the last time that you asked for fresh oil, a new change, God? A, a hunger for the Spirit of God, a refilling, Lord? When was the last time you told God, God, this heart I have is too small. Throw it away and give me a bigger one, Lord. That will beat for you. That you could feel even more. Shake it down again, God. Give me more, Lord. Romans 15, 13 says, Now the God of Hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Man, I hope that God would just fill us with hope and believing that we'll believe what I'm saying now. Believe these words, not that they're not mine, they're, they're God's words. You have to come to that crossroads where you said, not by your eyes or, or not by your might or your spirit or your ears. You're just going to simply believe God because it says it in the word. You're going to go after it because it's God who backs His promise. He says, now the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. You walk this walk through the power of the Holy Ghost. This is not a cakewalk. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. As the enemy sets his guns against anybody who will dare to seek Almighty God. As the flesh rises up like some weird, awful thing that you didn't even know existed in you. As it comes up to destroy your walk with God. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. I need a refilling of the power of the Holy Ghost. Acts tells us, Christ's bloodshed confirms this. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power to quit acting like a fool. Power to quit talking like a fool. Power to quit walking like a fool. Power to live right. No matter what you're going through, what you find yourself in, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, whom, who is all power, will come upon you. Power means miraculous power, miracle power. And it takes miraculous miracle power to take a buffoon and make him holy before God. To take a fool and make him full of wisdom before God. Miraculous power, wonderful power, victorious power comes from God the Holy Ghost. You must wait upon Him. You must desire and long for Him. Psalm 138.7 says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble. Don't we? Trouble all around us? We're living in a Christ-hating world? 
despise our Lord, hates the name of Jesus, though we walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. That's what God says. God doesn't make everything around you wonderful and a bowl of cherries and every time you blink you get your wish. God says walk through that trouble and I will revive you. I'll be with you. I'll show them for my glory. This is exactly what he's telling us. Though trouble, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. They'll revive us, revitalize us, bring us back to life is what that means. To make alive. God will make you alive in the midst of your trouble. Also means to repair. Man, we get in so much trouble sometimes. We just need repair. Just repair. You make the wrong turn and that nice car of yours got a whole shattered front and the grill's punched out. You just need it repaired. God says, that's what I'll do with you. I will revive you. I will repair you. I will restore you. I will make you alive. Make you alive. God wants to make us alive. Alive. That alone will be awesome. Psalms 85, 6 says, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? God's going to say, absolutely. Absolutely. You think God wants a bunch of uh, head hanging down, whining saps for him? Absolutely not. Isaiah 57, 15 says, For thus saith the high and lofty one, that inhabiteth eternity. Your God inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place. With him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. That's what your God does. He brings things alive. The humble means the depressed ones, or they, they descend, or they sink, to go down. God says, I will revive that person. I will restore them to life. That's what the word revive means. Contrite means bruised, beat to pieces sometimes. Thumped, a good one. Life has a way of doing it, throwing punch after punch after punch. But God says, I will revive you. That word revive there, after that word means to repair. I will repair you. Everything is supplied for you and I to run this race. You get thumped, you get blindsided, you get busted up, no problem. God says, I'll repair you. And you know that God does not use duct tape and plastic. That you limp along and you look like some freak all wrapped up. And Way to go, nice job, God. You know that God doesn't do that. He always makes better that which from what was. Always, from glory to glory, God changes us. You must remember you need oil change over and over and over. Psalms 51.12 says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Are you still happy that you're saved? My gosh. We have that yeah, but theology. Yeah, but nothing. Even with our dear sister Tambray. Yeah, but nothing. Nothing. Oh, she only lived the 40s. Nothing. She's in heaven. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. That when I teach... That, that will I teach transgressors the ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. This is what God wants to do. He wants to make you alive and revive you so that you can teach others that are lost without hope, damned to an eternity without Christ, don't know it, don't have the knowledge of it. God says, I will revive you so that you may teach and speak to others. We need the Spirit of the Lord to come on us again. We asked this morning, we invited the Spirit of God back into the church. 
the Holy God, the Holy Spirit, who will back off when he sees sin. You know that through Deuteronomy. God says, your camp better be holy when I walk through it and not your slide rule on holiness. God's. That's why I'm telling you in the beginning, Almighty God demands accountability, demands righteousness, His. His accountability. You cannot act like a fool and expect God to anoint you and fill you with the Spirit of God. Never happen, never work. That's grieving the Spirit of God. This morning we invited the Spirit of God back into our lives. Back into our lives. You understand? We constantly cleaned and revived and washed up just like our outward flesh. Doesn't take long for it to smell. Don't take long for it to stink. You can put all the fake perfume on it after a while. You can tell. We have that fake anointing and that fake walk. And it's not doing anything. It's not moving this lost and dying city called Zanesville. We need a group of people that will climb this mountain of God and get a hold of God like none other have. And it is there. It's there for the taking. Luke eleven thirteen says, If you, then being evil, know how to give good gifts, all we have to do is ask. Ask, Almighty God. The other day, a while back, it was just Luke and I, and I looked at Luke, and I said, Luke, you, you got more than one grandpa, and you have lots of people that love you, and they're going to buy you all kind of gifts. So tell me something that you want, specific. Just don't say this, just don't say, oh, anything. Tell me exactly. And remember, you told me, so you don't get two of them. And he told me precisely and exactly what he wanted. And me being his grandfather, I'm going to find that for him. So God says, you being evil. So when you come tonight before God, tell him precisely and exactly. Fill me with God the Holy Ghost like never before, God. God, fill me with the heart that will never stop being hungry for you, God. Fall into that whole humness that we call religion, the pond without any moving. The spring that doesn't bubble up anymore, Lord. The joy that doesn't sing like I believe it anymore. And God will do it. You must be ready to ask. Wanting to ask. Anticipating to ask. Luke 24, 28 says, And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went. And God, who was with them, said, uh, made this suggestion. He made as though he would have gone further. As he was walking by, and they were there in the village, the Lord was making as though he would go further. Listen to what God does. You just sit there waiting for God to do something. He's just going to walk by. He's waiting for you to do something. And he made as though he would have gone further. But look what they did. Look what you are supposed to do. But they constrained him saying, abide with us. Don't go any further. Don't take another step. Come home with me. They constrained the Lord. Now word constrained, you see what it means. It means to use force. Use force when you ask God to force. Are you ready to force the issue tonight? Are you truly ready to say, God, i got to have you like never before. Lord, don't pass me by. That scripture we just read where God will baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. I've told you before and tell you again, that word fire means lightning. Ask God to strike you with the lightning of God. Ask God to pierce your heart with the holy lightning from heaven. That's the only way we're going to be changed. An old movie long time ago where Moses goes up on the mount. 
He looks a certain way when he goes up, and when he comes back down, his whole face, his whole countenance has changed. Even the moviegoers in Hollywood know something happened on that mountain. Something unbelievable, the terrible dread and the holiness and the kabod of God came upon that man. That when he looked at the people, they said, oh dear God, veil your face, veil your face. Because of the holiness of Almighty God, the radiant light of God, man can't even look at it when it shines from another man. That's what God wanted to do. That's what the Lord is wanting. We're talking about God, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. Look what happens when He comes upon people. In Judges 3, and when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer to the children of Israel who delivered them. This is what we need to do. We need to cry unto Almighty God that He'll do something for this poor nation. And God raises up this man. And verse 10 says, And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel and went out to war. And the Lord delivered. As they cried out, God responded, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon a select chosen one by God, and he did it. He did it. We didn't stare at him in the coffin and say, Oh, the man he could have been, or the man he should have been. He did it. As the Spirit of God came upon him, a nobody rises up to this occasion and delivers the people of God. A nobody. How about in Judges 14 again, verse 5, and went Samson, then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnah and came to the vineyards of Timnah and behold, a young lion roared against him. Not young and baby cub, not young and little kitten that purrs, young in strength and stamina, came at Samson. And look what happened. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and he rent him as if he had rent a kid and had nothing in his hands. He's as if this lion leaps out of the ambush upon Samson and the Spirit of God comes mightily upon Samson and he just rips this thing in pieces like a, a piece of paper. Probably <laughs> had nothing in his hand. Ripped apart this animal. Simply from the anointing of God that came upon him. And who knows that God never changes. The same today, yesterday, and forever, ever, ever. This is what God has. This is how he wants to use us. This is how he longs to use us. <clears throat> Matthew 19.26 says, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Man can stand there with his whip and his ring of fire and get these big tigers to jump through and stand up on one paw and all that kind of stuff and maybe even eat out of their hands. But every once in a while, you'll hear on the news, famous so-and-so became lunch to that tiger. Or the elephant went nuts and stampeded and through, Or the alligator or Steve Irwin dead. With men, it's impossible. But not with God. Men can go so far and then they fall. God says, what I'm telling you today, what I've shared with you this morning and even tonight with you, this is impossible. You cannot go there. Man, he's right. We've got to get our act together. It's impossible. You have no act. 1 Samuel 16, 13 says, And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, anointed David as a lad. Look what it says. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. That's what we want to happen tonight. From this night forward, 
I don't care what I feel like. I don't care what I feel like afterwards. I'm believing the word of Almighty God. God says, ask, I'm going to ask. Oh God, if you wouldn't mind. God, if it be thy will. Forget it. Constrain them. Lord, you've said this in the word. That I'm nothing without you. That I'm a worm without the infilling of the Spirit of God. I have no wisdom. I have no might. I have no keeping power. No commitment without you, God. God, you must fill me tonight. You must constrain him like never before. Stop being ashamed of the Holy Ghost and the power that is found in it. Psalms 92.10 says, But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn, and, uh, and I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh. This is true. Uh, it's probably weird to you, but it's true to me. Whether it's my lawnmower, whether it's my car. You go through that oil, and after a while it starts to look like this black. I gotta get to that. I gotta get to that. And that donor goes and you're on 5,000 miles on that oil. And, I, and you finally make time. You get it in there and you see that fresh oil get in the car. When I'm backing up, I can almost feel like the car saying, oh, that feels good. Oh, and you just feel so secure and so safe with that fresh oil running through all those parts that gives such power to the foot. Only that goes. This is the fresh oil that God wants to do tonight, even even to you and I tonight, if you constrain me, if you ask me. I believe it comes even as you read the Word. Even as you read the Word in your mind, it's washed with the water of the Word of God and the anointing come upon you. Even as you read, and you can sense the presence of God much quicker than when you don't read. Even when God fed them bread, which is a type of Christ, Jesus is the Word. Manna would go down. And they would go and eat it. And they said it, it, it tasted like fresh oil. Like it's the anointing. As you read the Word of God, it's like taking in the anointing. And you know that oil is a type of the Holy Ghost also. Reading of the Word of God. And the people went about and gathered it and ground it in meals and beat it in the mortar and baked it in pans and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil. Like the anointing of the Word of God, even as you read the Word. Luke 24, 28 says, They drew nigh unto the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. Look, this is the key. This is tonight's key. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with me. To constrain him, you've got to come out of your comfort zone. To constrain him, you dudes got to come out of that cool zone. You ladies got to come out of that pretty zone. I'm not talking about acting like fools. I'm talking about acting like people who want God. The Holy Ghost. Not the foolish ghost. The Holy Ghost. I ask again, are you ready to force the issue? Are you ready to stand before God and come to this throne room of God and say, God, I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I need to be super filled with the power of God. I don't want any band members. I don't want any singing. I want everybody crying out. Those who make the effort to cry out and say, God, I must have the power of Holy Ghost. Now, uh, Patrick, you can find some music here in a minute. Are you ready to constrain the Lord? 
Are you ready to force and push the envelope and say, God, please don't pass me by tonight? Luke 18, 7 says, And shall not God avenge His own elect which cry day and night unto Him, though He bear long with them? You know He will. He will to us that cry day and night unto Him. Though sometimes things just seem to take so long, sometimes things seem to be so far off, to the natural, we're not going to function or speak or ask in the natural. We are to be supernatural people. God living inside of us. God living inside of me. Luke 18.1 says this, And He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Always. That's your job. Always to get a hold of God. Always to be eager. Even when you're exhausted. Even when you have no hope. Pray and don't faint. Seek God and don't collapse. Trust God. Trust His Word. Let's stand. In your way. In however. Here's our time to constrain God. God, we know that we're close to the end. We know it's getting close to the service is over. And we're going back home. But before we do, God, before we do, Lord, we want to constrain You. We want to force You, Lord. We want to come to You and let You know that we love You and we need You more than anything else, God. Absolutely more than anything else. <clears throat> if that's Your heart, if it's not Your heart, still come. Still come to this altar and lay that before God. You have some music, Patrick. Our altars are open. Please come. Do not let the enemy talk you out. Do not let your flesh get in the way. Your coldness. Don't let it happen. Constrain him. Constrain God.